So we're still trying to figure out which house we should get. I want to get one that's on the side of the mountain. For Phoenix, when we go down to America Fest, Turning Point USA, but Tanya is saying she wants one with a pool. So obviously, as you can imagine, the ones on the mountain, it just, you know, with the way the geography is and the region, it doesn't exactly fit with the terrain to have a pool in your backyard when you're on the mountain. But I'm saying, how cool would it be to actually have a house on the side of the mountain? Because we're going down we're going to be there for America Fest. Uh, it's Turning Point USA's biggest event. It's actually going to be the largest conservative event in the entire country. It's coming up so fast. Tickets are almost gone. Tickets are completely flying off the shelves. Not that we have them on shelves, but you know what I mean. They're the only things that were on the shelves, thanks to, to uh, President Biden, but now they are going faster than ever before. So December 18th to 21st, if you want yours, lock it in. Go to tpusa.com, use promo code POSO for up to 25% off. That's all caps, P-O-S-O, tpusa.com backslash AmericaFest. I will see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, and we're going to get right into it. Right off the bat, the Rittenhouse prosecutors have been caught tampering with photographic evidence. We'll explain all of it next. Is this Kyle Rittenhouse trial a political show trial, like something out of the Soviet Union? Third, the FBI has leaked Project Veritas's private and privileged communications with their lawyer to the New York Times. And then finally, the Scottsdale School Board apparently made a private dossier on parents who oppose critical race theory. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. The prosecutors have been caught by Human Events Daily of tampering with evidence, a photograph, and then presenting it as evidence to the jury. What do I mean by this? Well, they're talking about photographic enhancement using a process known as interpolation. This is also what's called on your television set, if you're using 4K or something else, as true motion. This is a disgusting and horrific practice that personally I can't stand. And whenever I see a TV, I go and turn it off immediately because it makes your picture look like crap. It adds things, it distorts images, it just makes it look really, really bad. It's fake. It's not what was originally in the picture. You have created a new picture. Well, what did they do? Do you remember this HD drone footage that they've been sitting on for all this time that this program was the first one to tell you about? They claim, these prosecutors, that on the footage, there is an image of Kyle Rittenhouse pointing his gun at Joseph Zeminski. Why does that matter? Because if Kyle had done that, that would mean that Kyle provoked the attack, that Kyle had initiated it, and therefore, under Wisconsin law, could lose his right to self-defense because if he provoked it, et cetera, et cetera. So let's go through and let's look. Here's a picture, and I, I apologize for people who were just listening. Here's a picture of the enhanced photo. It actually looks... If you look at this photo, as if Kyle is standing up and that he's got his gun faced over the, uh, the hood of the car or the roof of the car. But here's a problem. One of the things that I noticed right away, Kyle Rittenhouse is right-handed. If you look at this photo, the only way that he could be holding his gun that way, holding his AR-15, is if he was 
left-handed. And if we've seen all the pictures from the entire event and previous photos of Kyle, he's always carrying his AR-15 right-handed. So, immediately I realized there was a problem with this photo. Now, let's go back and play the video of Kyle testifying to this exact moment and hear what he said. Let's play it one more time. Pause. Mr. Rittenhouse, can you see in that video that you've raised your weapon and pointed it at someone? I, I can't tell. Let's play it one more time. Your Honor, he's, asked, he's answered the question. He says he can't see, so I'm trying to help him see. Go ahead. Pause. Pause the video. It doesn't look like I raised my rifle. It looks like my shoulder's up, but my rifle's pointed downward. So do you notice on this video, it wasn't quote unquote enhanced. Now I went back in and took a still frame of that. And then I had a friend, John Curtis, go in and impose, superimpose Kyle's photo on top of it. And you can see exactly what is going on in this picture. Take a look. It doesn't look like I raised my rifle. It looks like my shoulder's up, but my rifle's pointed downward. Kyle is not holding his gun left-handed and then pointing it up over the roof of the car. He's holding it right-handed the same way he always does, shoulder up at low ready or low port, we would say in the Navy, with the gun pointed down. But in the evidence, in that quote-unquote enhanced or doctored or interpolated, whatever you want to call it, I would say tampered with photo that Binger and Krauss, many people call him lunch break, by the way, introduced in this court case. They are presenting it to the jury, and the judge actually allowed it because, quite frankly, Kyle Rittenhouse's lawyers did not do a good job of striking this down. This is horrific. This is a scandal of epic proportions. Binger should be disbarred and probably behind bars. The judge never should have allowed this, and the lawyers should have had a more competent explanation for what went on. It is immediately clear it is that we looked at this in a couple of hours and figured out exactly what was going on. And guess what? Kyle Rittenhouse was telling the truth. The prosecutors have gotten so desperate, they know they're losing their case, they know they have no evidence, and so they have doctored a photo to try to put this 18-year-old behind bars for the rest of his life. Now look, I know everyone's upset that we didn't have an episode yesterday this case has been going absolutely crazy. Go to my Twitter account. You can follow everything in real time. Uh, also, just check out the Reykjavik Media, their live stream of the whole thing. They've got uh, an entire team, a panel of lawyers that are going eight hours a day, nine hours a day. It's incredible. It's incredible. But what I wanted to do today was instead of specifically getting into the nitty gritty, and we just covered in the last segment that the prosecutors have lost this case so badly that they are resorting now to desperation and faking and tampering evidence to try to convict this kid. I wanna explain what's really going on here. Listen to this clip of an exchange between Kyle and Binger 
when they took, when Kyle took the stand a few days ago. Everybody that you shot at that night, you intended to kill, correct? I didn't intend to kill them. I intended to, I intended to stop the people who were attacking me. By killing them? I did what I had to do to stop the person who was attacking me. By killing them? Two of them passed away, but I stopped the threat from attacking me. By using deadly force? I used deadly force. That you knew was going to kill? I didn't know if it was going to kill them, but I, I, used the, I used deadly force to stop the threat that was attacking me. You intentionally used deadly force against Joseph Rosenbaum, correct? Yes. You intentionally used deadly force against the man who came and tried to kick you in the face, yes. correct? You intentionally used deadly force against Anthony Huber, correct? Yes. You intentionally used deadly force against Gage Grosskreutz, correct? Yes. With regard to Joseph Rosenbaum, you fired four shots at him, correct? Yes. You intended to kill him, correct? I didn't intend to kill him. I intended to stop the person who was attacking me and trying to kill him. I want to be very clear about what we're seeing here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a political show trial. Regardless of what the verdict is, and I believe Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense, and I also believe that that gun charge is ridiculous because if you look at the Wisconsin statute, it's talking about short barrel rifles and shotguns, not the AR-15 that he was using. So throw it out. But understand what's happening here. Prosecutors across the United States are now letting politics color and cloud their minds. They are using political agendas to prosecute people who were acting lawfully. 99% of prosecutors would not have taken this case prior to this year or prior to last year when it happened. They were caught up in the moment of 2020, and I've called 2020 a domestic color revolution. Took a lot of flack for that, but folks, that's what it was. Kyle Rittenhouse was just considered another political casualty of the events of 2020 because it needed to fit the narrative. In a color revolution, everything that happens, any act of violence, whether in self-defense, right, or out of aggression, must be sanitized. Remember, the media told us that the rioters and the arsonists were the good guys, and that anyone who stood up to oppose them, whether you be police, whether you be a business owner, whether you be David Dorn going to check in a pawn shop that was being broken into, well, we just shouldn't talk about that. And Kyle Rittenhouse, of course, he had to become a villain. Now, you're already seeing a lot of progressives, normies, center of left people watching this trial and saying, wait a minute, I didn't understand what the facts of this were. I, first of all, I thought Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. That's what everybody told me. And second of all, there's even people saying that they thought Kyle Rittenhouse's quote unquote victims were not white. They thought they were black. That's not what happened. That's not the facts of the case. But if it weren't for the intrepid journalism of people like Richie McGinnis, Drew Hernandez, Elijah Schaefer, BG on the scene, the people who put themselves in harm's way to get the truth out, we would never know. And Kyle Rittenhouse would lose the rest of his natural life. We are embarking 
on a very dangerous era of American politics because we are entering a regime change era. We are entering an era of regime politics. Are the American people going to stand up and actually take back their country? We'd like to, I hope they do. But the real question is, is the regime going to let them? The regime, their allies, their media allies, and now their justice allies who will twist and turn and weaponize, whether it's a DA, the Department of Justice, the FBI, they will use every tool of government power against the American people. If you think this is the first show trial, you haven't even been paying attention. This is far from the first, and it will be far from the last until this is all over. And I hope that one day it is over. I don't want my kids to grow up in a country like this. I want things to go back to the way they were. I want America to go back to the country it once was, but it's going to take work. You need to put your shoulder to the wheel and our political leaders and everyone else need to get behind it. So thank you for continuing to watch us, to continuing to support this show, support this podcast. If you want to continue to support us, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO, up to 65% off, get your Christmas shopping in. And by the way, I was just talking in the last segment about political leaders and community leaders who didn't do anything for Kyle Rittenhouse, who don't do anything for their communities. And just as a reminder, Mike Lindell was actually one of the people all the way back in November of last year, a year ago, this came out that he was one of the people that put in and chipped in for Kyle's legal defense fund. Because regardless of your opinions on these cases, everyone deserves an adequate legal defense. That is our system. That's the United States of America. So let's get into the next bit. Talking about legal defense and talking about the weaponizing of justice. From my good friend Will Chamberlain, also a member of Human Events, the FBI raided Project Veritas on a pretext and is now leaking their privileged communications to the New York Times. This is a scandal, Will said in a tweet. Here's from the New York Times. Project Veritas has long occupied a gray area between investigative journalism, political spying, and internal documents obtained by the New York Times reveal the extent to which the group has worked with its lawyers to gauge how far its deceptive reporting practices can go before running afoul of federal laws. The documents, a series of memos written by the group's lawyer, detail ways for Project Veritas sting operations, which typically diverge from standard journalistic practice by employing people who mask their real identity or create fake ones to infiltrate target organizations to avoid breaking federal statutes such as law against lying to government officials. D do you see what's going on here? Project Veritas went to their lawyers and said, hey, we want to run these operations and make sure we do so legally. Can you give us an opinion to make sure that we're doing everything above board? We don't want to break any laws. Lawyer said, yeah, here, this is what you do. The FBI then raids under the Southern District of New York, SDNY, raids Project Veritas, James O'Keefe's house, and leaks those memos to the New York Times. Why is this an even bigger scandal? Because Project Veritas is currently in a lawsuit with the New York Times. And interestingly enough, James O'Keefe just went and tried to seek comment from one of the people from the Times that he is suing. Check it out. Mr. Bennett, 
you were sued for defamation. You were the op-ed page for the New York Times. You're on video admitting admitting that you made an admission of a false claim with, with uh, a Republican political action committee. You were deposed. We've obtained a videotape of your deposition. We did a very poor job, I did, of trying to express the thought that created an inference for readers that there was a causal link between political incitement and the shooting of Gabby Giffords. I didn't you, see this? There. We did a very poor job, I did, and I'm ultimately responsible for the journalism that we produced. You admitted under oath you did a poor job. Now what's remarkable about this videotape deposition is that, do you know what this is, a bullseye? Under oath, you denied that this was a target. Do you consider this map to be political incitement? In the sense I was using the term that day in our editorial, yeah, I do. I just think it's using violent imagery. I, I read those as gun sites. You turn to the second page of this exhibit, do you consider that to be political incitement? Those don't look like gun sites to me. What, what do you consider the symbols on the map in exhibit 217 to be? I, I don't know what they're meant to represent. Do they are look they like bullseyes? Are they, no, now that you say that, yeah, I could see that. What are bullseyes used for? Targeting, target practice. With weapons? Yeah. My question to you is, do you have any advice for other people being deposed to the New York Times so they don't look like fools? And there you have it, James Bennett of the New York Times. We have just confronted Mr. Bennett he denied saying what he said under oath. This is the first in a series of videotape depositions we intend to release. Project Veritas boldly going where no one has gone before. The doorsteps of the New York Times editors themselves. So now it's James O'Keefe's turn. Pretty soon it's gonna be Human Events Daily's turn. Then it'll be somebody else's turn. They're going to keep going until this stops. That's why it's so important for the American people, when you see the weaponization of the justice system in this country, you need to step up and say, no, we are done. We're not doing it. So we talked about the weaponization and politicization of the justice system, but apparently we're also seeing the weaponization and politicization of the school system in the United States, the education system. What do I mean by this? In Scottsdale, this is out of Arizona Free News, Scottsdale Unified, the school board, school district, assures parents of their privacy in the aftermath of a secret dossier discovery, and parents are calling for the resignation of the school board president. The school board president there was making a dossier on parents who were anti-CRT, and not just a dossier about their names, he was including private information, their social security numbers. He was coming up with lies against them, slander against them. The thing looks like James O'Keefe's Wikipedia page. It's so bad. This is what happens when you allow political activists to take over every institution in America. And unfortunately, that's what the right did for 30 years. Go watch this. It is a secret video that the school board president made of the parents. The lengths that you have to go to to not be recognized, it's like yeah, wearing an I aquarium on your head. I was gonna say, oh, now I know who you are. It's just <laughs> not no. a lot of fun. I was like, fun. is that what I think it is? And I'm like, I don't want to be like, hey! But they don't like 
having their picture taken. No, I'll tell you actually, that. Actually, I gotta tell you that she already complained. Who? Uh, Dorn. Amanda Ray already complained to the police that she's worried about you being here and that you have threatened her in the past. She doesn't know that's me, though. She just—I just heard her in the line. When I was standing in line, she was off to the side talking to the police. They, she said to watch out for his dad, John, John Michael's dad. So <laughs> she was like the, one of the first cars here, and I pulled my motorcycle directly facing her car, but she has no idea that I even have a motorcycle. <laughs> and I've covered up my license plate, so she's just a lunatic. And you have the best mask of all. I know. I yeah. did. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Oh. Yeah, well. this is not fun. <laughs> but okay. I, I'll tell you. Sorry. I mean, it, it's the district. It's not about on Michael, it's if the district falls oh, yeah. into their hands, oh, yeah. that would be the oh, end. Yes. That's a little risque, showing yeah, a little thanks. back cleavage, <laughs> yeah. back decolletage. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm always I'm here to entertain like the masses. So. Everywhere. Yeah. I'm like sweaty everywhere when I have to go up there. But oh, here we go, the Gadsden flag. Don't tread on me. Oh, oh my so God. Look, this is good though, that they get this kind of publicity. Somewhere around here, we have a private investigator who's writing down. So it's pretty obvious what happened, what needs to happen here. And we've talked all day about the weaponization of our institutions, the politicization of our institutions. It's actually quite clear what needs to happen. Number one, you need to vote these people out of office where you can. This guy is an elected official as a school board president. Get rid of him, vote him out of office. Next, you need to elect a district attorney and a town council to make this type of thing illegal so that if it ever happens again, that people like this should be behind bars. And by the way, the district attorney should also be checking that if any private information was shared online and broke privacy laws that he is supposed to be upholding, that this school board president should be charged, should be arrested, and should be placed on trial immediately. And that's it for us today at Human Events. Thanks again for watching us, for continuing to support us. Be the influence agent. Share this out with your normie friends. I know I say that every day, but it's so important right now. And by the way, go check out The Spillover. We just threw up our episode with um, Alex Clark there. And on Spotify, we got the label, one of the most shared episodes. Pretty cool, right? That's because right here, our motto to you, be good, be brief, be gone. The bottom line up front. That's what we're going to deliver to you, Human Events Daily. By the way, go and leave us a five-star review on Apple Politics or wherever it is that really helps us out, that helps us with the rankings. But before we go, today's moment of history, November 12th, 1864. This was the day that Sherman, after having left, or after having, I should say, conquered the city of Atlanta, ordered the destruction of the downtown, the business district, and all the areas there so that the Confederates would not be able to utilize it. Remember your history, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.